In old school games, life is cheap. Don't be a dope. Bring your pole, oil, and rope. And try not to go down in a heap. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Down in a Heap podcast. I'm your host, Rob, podcasting you live from beautiful Northeast Minneapolis. This is episode... 49, and I'm back to you on Wednesday as promised, or threatened, I don't know. Had a mea culpa from Froth and his drummers, so take it away, Froth. Rob, it's Froth, I owe you a huge apology. You know, it's one thing to leave out Sabbath, and not to mention the Who, you know. Sometimes time gets away from me or I don't have everything, you know, right written down or anything. So, but it was unforgivable not to mention Tim Schwartz, AKA Tito Torres's work with Bon Jovi. That is unforgivable. So I owe apology to you, all my listeners, and especially Tim Schwartz, um, AKA Tim Torres, Particularly, you know, because I know he struggled growing up on the streets of New Jersey. I know, you know, at that time, kind of economic downturn, life was tough on Tim, a.k.a. Mr. Torres. And uh, looking back at the seminal early work, you know, his work on Runaway, for example, prior to the Slippery When Wet album. I'm sorry, Tim, a.k.a. Tito. Hey, Froth. Yeah, don't be too hard on yourself. I mean... I know Tim doesn't like to advertise it. He's he's not one of those pseudo-celebrities that, you know, uses his past celebrity in another field as a crutch to prop his, up his uh, RPG work. You know, he doesn't use that as a an easy entrance into the spotlight like Will Wheaton or, or that Joe Manganiello guy or Vin Diesel or something. You know, he's he wants to... S- his work to stand on its own merit. And I think Tim's a pretty humble guy too. And, uh, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if he called in and refuted this whole thing. you know, he doesn't, I think he wants to keep the past, the past. And, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm assuming he met his, uh, lovely wife, Ivy on a Bon Jovi tour or something. I know she's a big Bon Jovi fan and she probably had her pick of the litter and, kicked John and Richie to the curb and said, nope, I want Tico. I want Tim, the heart and soul of the band. Here's Ivy now. Oh, I am. I'm confusing the two. I'm confusing the two. You're right. You're right. You're right. Thanks for the clarification. All right. So I'm not so sure there if she's referring to the confusion between Tim and Tico or if she's referring to uh, her being confused by Gone with the Wind and Casablanca. I'm I'm assuming it's Casablanca, but uh, yeah. Uh, got some more from Ivy here. It's just hard to get me to sit down and watch movies. It's hard for me to get to sit down and watch even TV shows. And we have streaming. We don't even have commercials. And it's still, it's just a difficult thing. But I'll tell you what I am looking forward to watching this weekend as I'm looking forward to watching Stranger Things. Now that is just stuff that I like. So that one, that's earmarked, and I'm hoping to blow through it by the weekend and just enjoy it. That's the kind of stuff that I really, really like. All right, thanks for the clarification. Whisk out. 
Although, you know what, I do like old black and white movies. So that, there's that too. But I just have to be able to sit down long enough to want to watch something. And right now, it's, it's really all about Stranger Things. I'm just looking forward to jumping into it and enjoying the ride. I know, I hear people say that they don't know what they're gonna do when they retire. Oh, I, I'd be doing the same thing, because as a writer, I'm, I'm never gonna stop writing. I mean, it, you don't have to pry that pen from my cold, dead hands. It's not gonna stop. Whisk in one hand and a pen in the other, because cooking and writing, till I die. So yeah, I don't get that. I don't, don't get that either. Thanks for all the calls, Ivy. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, Stranger Things is really cool. I kind of did a binge watch of that with Mary on the first season. But, you know, the kooky thing is we watched, I think, maybe the first five or six episodes. And then for some reason we stopped and we never picked it up and watched the end of it. So, and that's been a while now. So I think we're going to have to start over and watch again. And then, I don't know, maybe pick up the other seasons too. I've heard the first season is the best, but I'm sure the others are still good too. And... Yeah, black and white movies, for some reason, I really get into those. I I like the contrast, and, you know, so many film noir movies, which I like a lot, are shot at, you know, in darkened rooms or at night or something, or just the way they use the contrast to create mood and stuff. Just, in a lot of ways, feels more evocative to me than color, Um I don't know. I mean, a good movie is a good movie, whether it's in black and white or color, but there is something about black and white that just kind of puts me in a different mindset that um, that I enjoy. And yeah, finally, oh, those people that can't find anything to do in their lives, they're, I don't know, that's so lacking in imagination and creativity to me. I wish they could somehow take the last 15 years of my working life and I could take 15 years of their vacation time. <laughs> All right, I maybe should have warned you at the top of the show, but uh, there's going to be segments here that you can only hear by listening to this with the Anchor app. So if you're not listening and you want to hear the songs, uh, back out of your podcatcher and listen to it on Anchor. Because... This episode is Ripoff Wednesday, and that's another top, well, I'm doing a top seven list because I know three is the magic number, but I can't really ever <laughs> narrow things down to just three things, and seven's a pretty lucky number, so I'm going to go with seven, and I know some people have talked probably in all kinds of podcasts about music and D&D or other role-playing games. And I think they're maybe talking usually about songs that they like to play at the table or have as background music or something. And I've never really gotten into that because I think it usually ends up distracting people more than um, creating an atmosphere. Maybe if it's just kind of like really low and atmospheric or something. But um, these are songs that really just put me in the mood for Chuck and Dice. Um, I don't, I don't listen to music usually when I'm uh, working on projects or prep. Maybe if I'm drawing a map or something, and if it's just you know jazz or instrumental or something like that in the background, it's fine. But if I'm reading or actually trying to write, 
especially music with lyrics or music that's just too catchy will just suck me out of it and I'll just end up sitting there listening to music. But these seven songs are things that all just really get me psyched up to play. And they're not necessarily my favorite songs. They're just songs that really are evocative to me of what I think it, you know, just the themes and elements and mood of playing D&D. And a lot of it is from the 70s and 80s, which, you know, is when probably the most formative music for me. Um, so it's no shocker there. And most of it's hard rock, metal, um, and I, again, I think that's just kind of what I think of when I think of D&D. So uh, take a listen to my top seven and let me know what you think and if there's any songs that you uh, really love that put you in the mood to play or maybe ones that you like to listen to at the table or while you're prepping or something. But without further ado, number seven, Dirty Deeds. Dunder cheap. So first, it's got to be the Bon Scott version of Dirty Deeds, right? Um, and I, <laughs> I just love when he's ticking off the the different elements of the the Dirty Deeds, the concrete shoes, cyanide, TNT, um, contracts, neckties, high voltage, and then he, <laughs> he just like shrieks out high voltage like he has some kind of. Um, I don't know, epiphany about, hey, this is really what I'd like to use to knock someone off. But the whole Dirty Deeds, Dunder Cheap thing to me is, just speaks to the mercenary element that usually is present in old school D&D, and that they're usually not too fussy about the jobs they take on, and their, their aims are kind of low and cunning, typically. Kill things and take their stuff. Just about any Jethro Tull song will put me in the mood for gaming, but there's something about Broadsword. Uh, I, I suppose it's just the, the lyrics and the kind of steady driving beat. It just makes you feel like there's a group of people have resigned themselves to their grim fate and are just going to meet it head on. And I like Tull without synthesizer better than with, but... It's pretty well done here, and, you know, it's just a really cool song. Always wants me. Makes me want to chuck some dice. Oh, and the album it's on, Broadsword and the Beast, has a great cover. It's um, kind of like a, a frame, a picture frame that has kind of like Norse-looking ruins or maybe Elvish-looking ruins or something. And there's this little fairy guy with his hu that is leaning on a huge broadsword. He's got kind of butterfly wings. He has a dark visage. I think it's supposed to be Ian Anderson, the lead singer, the the main guy in, in Jethro Tull. And he's in the background is this storm-tossed sea. And uh, he's got his little boots uh, resting on the, on the frame. It looks like he's ready to step through it. But one of the better album covers. I'm told it's my duty to fight against the law. That wizard breathes my trade, and I was born to wade through gore. Well, I just want to be a lover. 
not a red-eyed screaming ghoul. I wished it pick another to be its killing tool, Black Blade. That's right, Black Blade from Blue Oyster Cult is number five, and the writing credits even have Michael Moorcock listed. He also, I think, wrote uh, Veteran of the Psychic Wars, too, for them. And it's a really cool song off of Cultosaurus Erectus. Uh, it's At the end, it's got, I don't know if it's Eric Bloom or Buck Dharma or whoever's singing, but they've got, they run it through a, a synthesizer, so it's almost like Stormbringer's voice. Um, mocking them, telling them that my master is my slave, and then it starts laughing at the end to send the, the, the song out. But again, really, I mean, I guess the Elric books are probably, if I had to pick one series that was most influential on my gaming, it was it would be that. And probably Michael Moorcock in general, so gotta have Black Blade on there. I made a rule for myself that I'd only pick one song from any particular group, so I just didn't want to have the whole top seven dominated by one group or something and coming in at number four is ace of spades by motorhead nothing will get your heart starting uh or pumping faster than that buzzsaw bass at the beginning and and just riding this song all the way through is i don't know it's amazing i love this song and it talks so much about um just going with uh throwing the dice and Come what may, win some, lose some, it's all the same to me. I don't want to live forever. There it is, The Trooper by Iron Maiden. I gotta have an Iron Maiden song in there. You take my life, but I'll take yours too. You fire your musket, but I'll run you through. It's <laughs> great lyrics. Uh, the quintessential battle song. You could play this uh, running up to a large-scale battle in your game or big boss fight or something and i don't know if anything would set the mood better it's got that galloping bass in there bruce dickinson's voice is just amazing otherworldly at times i don't know i love this song all right we're getting up there number two i knew i wanted to have a zeppelin song and there's a lot to choose from that would put you in the mood for gaming battle of evermore Maybe Misty Mountain Hop. I kind of... You know, Achilles Last Stand is also really cool. I narrowed it down to two. The Immigrant Song, which is kind of the theme song for Whispered Tales of Gore. But I went with more of an oddball pick, No Quarter. I love this song. It's got such an ethereal, kind of otherworldly, misty kind of feel to it it almost in some ways sounds like it's coming at you from underwater or from another i don't know <laughs> across space and time somehow you've got that weird kind of keyboard in the background that's and then uh robert plant's vocals are kind of mournful and echoey and and then that fuzzy, groovy guitar lick, it's just, ugh. Just sets its hooks, India, and pulls you along for the ride. 
the lyrics are perfect gaming lyrics. Um, the winds of Thor are blowing cold. Number one, Black Sabbath, the eponymous Black Sabbath. There was never any doubt in my mind which song would be number one for me. It's, I think, the first song you'd ever hear from Sabbath if you were ever started listening to them. It's on their very first album, first song. Just you know, look at that creepy cover. That it, I mean, it's it's just scary. There's something about it, the the washed-out sepia tone with this creepy old uh, fieldstone or brick-looking building in the background, and then some dead trees and stuff, and then this just kind of creepy figure in black that almost looks ghostly standing in the foreground. And listen to that, listen to Black Sabbath while you're holding that and looking at it, and... Uh, and then imagine yourself being 13 like I was when I first heard it and uh, the sound of the rain at first and then the bell tolling and the crash of thunder and then that wall of sound as Tony Iommi and Geezer and Bill Ward just kick it into overdrive and then it settles down again and then Ozzy starts singing his mournful, hopeless kind of thing. What is this that stands before me? Figure in black which points at me. Turn around quick and start to run. Found out I'm the chosen one. Oh no. <laughs> it's just so perfect for OSR kind of mood where you're so often found, find yourself facing something that's beyond your reckoning and you you just have to run your ass off, and a lot of times you don't get away. And just kind of facing evil beyond what you are accustomed to or what you know. It's, uh, I don't know. And then at the end, it kicks up again with, uh, the, it picks up the tempo into this, an, another kind of galloping kind of ride like you're, in a chase with something dark and ominous following you and you know it's gonna get you um it's uh i don't know it really makes you feel like you're looking back over your shoulder and you just see this shadowy form following you along and uh perfect song perfect for gaming all right so Thanks to Froth and Ivy for calling in. Tim, I, I hope <laughs> I hope you've been a good sport about all this. I, if you haven't noticed, peeps, uh, when I find something funny, I sometimes ride it a little too hard and a little too long. And I just found it endlessly funny that that Colin Green, when he was trying to think of someone that Tim Shorts reminded him of, Picked of all things, a drummer from Bon Jovi. I just, <laughs> I still think it's hilarious. I don't, I don't get it, but uh, it's it's so perfect. I just had to, to uh, to milk it for all it's worth. So thanks, Tim and Colin, for making me laugh a lot. And don't go down in a heap. <laughs>